your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. How are you doing? I am well, Rick Solom. I am well. Back from vacation in North Carolina, and I heard, I heard that the word has gotten around about my wife's jellyfish uh, sting, <laughs> and it turns out, and this is something that I didn't know. It turns out that if you ask people around or tell people in the South that you've gotten a jellyfish sting, everyone there has like a story about a jellyfish sting that they got. Like there's like an epidemic of jellyfish stings in the South. Apparently how many, how many people tell you that? Nope. Don't pee on it because that's the, I think a friend's episode. Like I think that's probably where that comes from. It's fake news. It's fake news. And I'm glad that it is fake news because that would have been an awkward situation for me on the beach there. A bit, a bit. I feel, (laughs) yeah, depending on where you're stung too. I mean, maybe you could, if you, if it was just you alone, you know, it'd be hard. Right. Men would be a little easier to, uh, anyway. Uh, That's Dr. Anthony Tregoski. I'm Rick Solom, Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. I just hung up on Eric from Sparta, so sorry about that, Eric. Uh, we we brought Eric on yesterday. Right. We were talking about COVID, so I think it, when we're talking about something that important, and you know, it, Eric might have some questions there, but during, in the middle of his phone call, he got another call, <laughs> and his, his ringer was going off. Yeah. And I was like, well, what kind of phone just, like, it, while you're talking on the phone, your ringer just starts playing a song. It's such a weird thing. Like I, I feel like if you were on the phone with President Biden, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, and all of a sudden somebody else calls you, and you have your ringtone. Pl- oh, sorry, President, I have to hang up on this other call. It's just, it's, I don't know the, the settings there, Eric. I think you got to fix your settings on your phone. Um, what do you want to get into today? There's, there's a. Uh, I mean, there's the Jeopardy situation that's very important here. Yeah, Mike Richards didn't exactly last too long there as Jeopardy host. Oh, did he last at all? I don't watch Jeopardy. So was he host? I believe it was a little over a week between now, the day that he has bowed out of being the Jeopardy host, and when he was announced as the new Jeopardy host. And the political angle on this, Rick, is that... Back in 2000, when George W. Bush was the Republican nominee for president, who ran his search committee for picking his vice presidential nominee but Dick Cheney? So people are saying it's kind of like that, where Dick Cheney was the head of the search committee that ultimately picked Dick Cheney to be (laughs) the vice presidential nominee. Mike Richards, the executive producer of Jeopardy!, ends up, Picking Mike Richards to be the host. This is like uh, this is also like the Minnesota Republican Party. <laughs> uh, what is it? The state Republican Party chair. So the chair of the Republican Party in the entire state getting voted out, and she's and they're they're trying to decide on a severance package for her. Jennifer Carnahan, thirty eight thousand dollars is on the table. It's a tied vote from the executive board. And who has the tying vote? Herself. She gets the vote for herself <laughs> on whether or not to give herself thirty-eight thousand dollars. What a stupid thing! There should be maybe a little bullet, maybe a little clause in uh, 
when you fire somebody as the chair of your party or somebody within your party, they don't get the vote on whether to pay themselves a severance package. Rick, I like the quote that you had in the story on wisdomnews.com about this, about Jennifer Carnahan being taken out of her role as the state Republican Party chair for Minnesota and how someone in the room said, well, it's is this really a brand new start? I mean, we we paid the hostage taker. And in fact, the hostage taker cast the tying vote to pay the hostage taker. So, <laughs> it's such a weird thing. It is. Uh, yeah, just a, you know, a little bit different than the Jeopardy situation, but uh, kind of the same when you get to, I mean, that guy hired himself to be the host of Jeopardy, essentially, right? And, and there's, and there's uh, reporting indicating that he kind of skewed the process to favor himself. So apparently Ken Jennings had a minor scheduling conflict and Mike Richards says, well, guess we got to find someone else for the job now to be like a guest host of Jeopardy. And so he uses Ken Jennings scheduling conflict as like an opening for him to be a guest host. And then it goes even further, Rick, because he says, well, you know, we got to give footage to focus groups of these different guest hosts to figure out, well, who do we want to be the best host for Jeopardy? Who do the, who does the audience react the best to? And apparently he would pick out like the worst clips of like the other <laughs> guest hosts and like the best clips of himself to give to the focus groups. So right. the focus groups are like, we love this guy. Wow, this guy's amazing. <laughs> this guy I've never heard of. I mean, it's, we, I mean, it's pretty simple. Uh, Aaron Rodgers host Jeopardy. I thought that, he was fantastic. Did you? I didn't. Honestly, I didn't watch, so I don't. I, I didn't. I don't know. But he's kind of a history buff, so yeah. Uh, why wouldn't he be the winner of the the Jeopardy? You know, runoff. <laughs> like, why wouldn't he? And then he LeVar... was legitimately good. And 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 Rick, like everyone online and on Twitter and on social media, was like, we want Levar Burton because you know people my age we grew up watching Levar Burton on uh, Reading Rainbow. Yeah, I mean he's he's been an icon for my entire. Well, let's go up to like maybe through college, yeah. Reading Rainbow, and then Jordy LaForge on Star Trek: The Next Generation. I mean that's just <laughs> like that was my favorite show in the '90s and kind of top ten still. I still watch it. And it was fun, and there were a lot of great guest hosts on Jeopardy, like Ken Jennings and Aaron Rodgers, I thought was fantastic. LeVar Burton was a lot of fun. So many people you could have picked other than the guy who was running the process all along. Yeah, it's just silly. Uh, all right, I got a, I got a couple of calls here, and I don't think they're going to be Jeopardy related, but Eric from Sparta. Go ahead, Eric. Yes, Mr. Chigoski. Uh, I'm sure you're learning, man. Have you ever read the Bible, or have you ever read the read the Constitution, or the dictionary for that matter. Okay, that's why we just... Do you, do you even know how to read Mr. Chergoski? You, do, you, uh, do you need to interrupt people and go, it's Dr. Chergoski! I feel like that's me. I didn't go to eight years of, you know, whatever. Uh, number three's calling in. Number three, uh, you're on with Dr. Chergoski. I have no idea what you two dudes are talking about. Jeopardy! We're talking about the new host of Jeopardy, and he's kind of getting canceled. I don't know what Jeopardy is. You do, too. No, I don't. You don't know what the t- TV show Jeopardy is? Like the Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, all these game shows? I don't watch that stuff. Uh, you might be the only person in the nation that doesn't know what Jeopardy is. That's the only time my wife and I part is when she watches Wheels of Fortune. You know, go ask your wife if if she knows if you know what Jeopardy is, and she, oh. she'll probably slap you in the Jeopardy face. Jeopardy is when she, she 
married me. That was what do you call it? I don't. <laughs> anyway, what I want to talk about yeah. is get you ready for next week. Now, I heard the Common Council had a meeting last night about how to get rid of all this free money we're getting from the county. County board. County board had yeah, Okay. Anyway, two of the people said that the public should have nothing to do with what to do with the money. They want to know. They know what they want to do with it. They don't need no ideas from the public. All right. Okay. That's what I heard this morning. Okay. And then two of the people didn't even vote on the matter. Now, what I can't understand is we elect these people to represent us. Two of them don't want us to have anything to say about it. And two more won't vote on it. So what are we paying these clowns for? All right, where did you hear that two people said that the public shouldn't have any uh, input? On the Mike Hayes talk show this morning. Okay, who said it? I have no idea. Okay, so maybe maybe vet that before you think that it's true? Well, I heard it on your radio, unless you're giving all false news. Well, you said you didn't even hear it from Hayes. You heard it from some caller or something. No, 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 it was on the news. Oh, it was on the news. Okay. Yeah, Mike was talking about it. Mike shoots level from the hip. Yeah, he might. Yeah, okay. I uh, I but, guess I couldn't tell you. I'm check sorry. Check in on this because you got to get ready because you're really going to get bombed with questions next week. Well, I don't have to take calls. Yeah, you do. You got it. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to come down and rattle your cage. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for the call, number three. Uh, we got to get uh, we got to get to me doing the news. I'm doing the news today, so we'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Dr. Anthony Tragoski in here with me today, as he is most Fridays, except when he goes to North Carolina and gets stung, <laughs> gets his wife stung by jellyfish <laughs> on vacation. Did you guys like get to North Carolina and immediately go to the ocean? Is that how that works? We did, and about 20 minutes into our time at the beach, I'm just sitting and being lazy and... Found a spot under my umbrella so I could keep my Midwestern pale skin <laughs> out of the sun. <laughs> you brought an umbrella. That's funny. Wow. And all of a sudden, I see my wife, like, freaking out. And so I run into the ocean, like, to, like... To the Baywatch hero- music in the background? I, <laughs> it, I was, like, a heroic rescue ring. I'm still was, watching 90s Baywatch, by the way. It, so. it was heroic. Did you grab her fireman carry off, <laughs> out of the water? <laughs> I'm having Ken Gilliam in here on Thursday so we could talk to him about how you uh, maybe ocean water rescues and how they're different from Mississippi water rescues. Um, can we talk about, God, there's so many. Let's get, get a little bit of politics here. And we we mentioned the GOP chair of Minnesota stepping down. So right. it's it's over there, but it's kind of relevant because the, the representative that she's married to is Congressman Jim Hagedorn, who represents La Crescent, Caledonia, just this area, the first district here in Minnesota. And she's stepping down partly because a huge donor for the Republican Party, like gigantic, right? Hundreds of thousands of dollars, I believe. And Anton Lazaro, it was just arrested last week for sex trafficking minors. And this guy is, okay, so it's like, well, this guy's a donor, but, you know, what affiliation would he have with, oh, Jennifer Carnahan and him did a podcast together that she invited him to her and Jim Hagedorn's wedding a couple of years ago. You could see there's there's a he's at their wedding. You can see pictures there. Uh, they're at a Vikings game together. <laughs> so there's a picture on social media of him at a Vikings. So it's really weird because 
because Tregoski, for all I know, or for all you know, one of us could be a sex trafficker, and you wouldn't have any idea, but you're affiliated with me. So if I ended up being a sex trafficker, would UW Lacrosse be like, hey, you're fired because you're you're coming on this guy's talk show weekly and you must be incorporated in in the scheme somehow you would have no idea i rick what i think happened here was there were broader questions within the minnesota republican party about her leadership and about the type of organization she was running as chair of the minnesota republican party and we should note that the minnesota republican party now has a spectacular losing streak in terms of its ability to win statewide elections it hasn't won a statewide election in well over 10 years, going back, I think, to the time Tim Pawlenty was. You know what's funny is I've lived in Minnesota for 10 years. <laughs> I, I, I don't, maybe that's not a coincidence, Rick. Yeah, right. And, uh, and so there were broader concerns about Carnahan's leadership. And I think that this was an opportunity to... Get rid of her, basically, for some of the people who had sort of these broader concerns. And she does has have this connection to this guy caught in this crazy sex trafficking scandal that also involves the chair of the uh, campus Saint Republican Thomas. Party. Saint Saint Thomas. Thomas. It's the weirdest thing. And it's a horrific story. And so I think this was kind of an opportune moment for the party to sort of clean house, though, they with, a, with a, a handsome amount of money yeah. going to Carnahan. They use this as an excuse, right? Like she's the, the, her leadership and I guess there was sexual harassment claims right. and right. Uh, toxic work environment and all that stuff is is hard to you're it's hard to fire somebody for stuff. Although sexual harassment sounds like sexual harassment to me. I don't know how that works, but if there's that is going on then you should probably be like I don't know if it sounds like she's not doing the sexual harassing, but maybe she is. I guess I don't really understand. Uh kind of they they're speaking very general when they when they talk about that but um yeah just another oh tip of the iceberg and then also oh you're affiliated with a sex uh trafficker well now we can fire you we've given we've got the reason i think that's right and you see this a lot where there's a massive crisis that or a massive scandal that pushes a leader out and then later you <clears> find <throat> out that there was a lot of like seedy or unethical or just incompetent kind of stuff going on beneath the surface. Maybe nothing that quite rose to a fireable level, but the crisis gives the organization a chance to get that person out well, of there. You could start right with she's she married a congressman, a U.S. congressman, and there's a little bit of, you know, using that to her advantage to become, hey, if you want me to be the chair of the Republican Party of Minnesota, I'm also married to a U.S. congressman, by the way, and that might help her case. It could help, and it, and I'm sure it would also raise tensions within the party about the amount of attention and resources that were going to the Hagedorn district as opposed to other districts. Like, was he getting more than his share of the pie and more of his share of attention compared to some of these other Republicans in Minnesota politics. He, he was getting the bigger share of the sex traffickers donations to the Republican party. Jim Hagedorn was the biggest beneficiary from all that money. So yeah. which they all, which they, they turned around and donated to charities in the air, in the well for him in the, in the district that kind of combat sex trafficking. So at least the, 
the the sex trafficker, alleged sex trafficker, I should say, his money uh, went to anti sex trafficking causes. Good good timing for that, you know. Instead of just doing that in general, we got to wait until we get some extra money from a sex trafficker to do that. We should note that Carnahan says she had no knowledge of any of this, but I do think that it raised eyebrows within the party that you have this really outrageous criminal enterprise going on from a person who is closely connected to key figures in the party. Yeah. We could just, we could probably dive into campaign financing and how you, how we should be financing campaigns uh, legitimately, uh, you know, not just in Minnesota, but across the board. It's always a problem. We've, we talked about it with Matt Rothschild earlier this week. Um, That's from, from one, one scandal in Minnesota to, Another, I don't, we got, we got about a minute and a half here, so we could just kind of like touch on this, but the Wisconsin DNR policy board chair, Fred Preen, uh, when Matt Rothschild was on earlier this week, he said Fred Preen do- donated $19,000 to Scott Walker's election campaign, and therefore also when Walker uh, needs a, a policy board chair, Fred Preen is elected to that position with the Wisconsin DNR. Uh, Fred Preen is a dentist and a cranberry farmer i guess cranberry whatever you cranberry farmer i guess so maybe it could you could you dnr cranberry farms i guess that's outdoorsy i, I don't know I, like whatever but um fred preen's term expired may 1st and he just doesn't want to step down because and this comes with and he says well the 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 legislature hasn't confirmed governor evers uh, nomination to that spot and this is this is where i have a problem i don't know if i have a problem so much with fred preen not stepping down as much as I have a problem with the Republicans just trolling Governor Evers and not nominating his or not confirming his nominations. Yeah, Rick. So you have a couple of things coming together here. First of all, you have Fred Preen, this Scott Walker appointee from 2015. His term expires at the beginning of May. Tony Evers nominates someone to take his place the day before the day before. And the Republican-controlled Senate does not hold a hearing, does not hold a vote. Hasn't scheduled a hearing. Hasn't scheduled anything on this guy's confirmation. So you have this guy with with an expired term and someone appointed to replace him. But this is a pattern that we've seen out of the Republican state Senate, just not taking up Evers' Nominees. I mean, one of the best examples of this is, uh, in, in terms of, well, and there was a f- conclusion to this, is Brad, Brad Paff, the, Paff, the state senator here. He was he was nominated to be the egg secretary of, the, of Wisconsin. Yep. And then Brad Paff, God forbid, he said something derogatory about uh, Republicans in the legislature passing some legislation on mental health help for farmers. So he's like, you know, essentially get that done. We need to get it done. Whoa, you can't talk crap about... Uh, the other side, you can't talk crap about us, so we're going to fire you after 11 months in office. Yeah, you know, it's this idea that if we don't confirm Tony Evers' appointees, then we can basically remove them whenever we want. And that's exactly what happened with Brad Paff, who then gets elected to the very body that fired him. (laughs) It's so so perfect. (laughs) It's crazy. Um. On top, on top of that, too, and I, I gave you the minute warning, and then we keep talking, but that's all right. Um, Brad Paff, well, the, you know, he ran the ag secretary office for 11 months. All these other people that aren't confirmed, 
if we have a problem with these people running state offices and the, the if the Republicans control when to confirm these people, well, if they have problems with these people, then they should hold the confirmation hearings and get them the F out of here because you, they, can, you can vote them down. Yeah. yeah. If, if you have a problem with Evers nominations, it would be funny, though, like it, because it, once you hold the confirmation hearing. They're going to go through that and go, well, what, what are you going to find that's going to be able to vote them out, right? Like, oh, this person is a sex trafficker. Maybe that comes out. Then you would be easily able to vote them out. But Rick, that is completely fair game in politics to have a hearing, to have an investigation into someone who's been nominated, to have a vote on them. And if the vote doesn't turn out favorably, then got to pick someone else. But this is not normal in Wisconsin politics or really in any state to have so many of these appointees in a state of limbo because the Senate just isn't doing anything about these appointees in either direction, like having a vote on them, having hearings, having anything on them. And we don't have the confirmation hearings on these people because then it would legitimize them for the office. And once they're in the office, it's a lot harder for Republicans to fire Evers nomination. That's exactly it. You know, once you have someone confirmed, then it's a lot more difficult to get them out of there. And, it really reduces the legislature's leverage, but that's kind of the point of this process is to give the governor the people that he wants. This would be like uh, applying for a job and then taking over for that job and then waiting for the bosses to that be give you a job interview. Yeah. And like, hey, yeah, yeah, just keep doing the job. We'll interview you sometime. <laughs> and then if you screw up during the job... Eh, we're gonna or you, or you say something you know that does that the bosses don't like. Ah, eh, we're gonna fire you now. Oh, okay. Well, you never. I was still waiting to get interviewed. Yeah. So, um, all right. I got to do the news before that. Scott's comment, which is Trigoski's favorite. All right. Welcome back to the Cross Talk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Doctor Anthony Trigoski, you do the Cross Political Science Professor on here. We're gonna talk about water slides here in a minute. <laughs> Because that's why I bring the political science professor on. But throw those on because Southside Tom's calling in. Southside Tom, go ahead. You got a question? Uh, yeah. How many millions of dollars is the federal government trying to shovel into La Crosse? The, well, the county, it's 23. 23 million? Okay. Sure. How many businesses are in eight blocks of the La Crosse Center, which is almost done, as I understand it? 23. Uh, how many businesses 23. within eight blocks of the city of the lacrosse center? Okay, Matt, Tom always wants to... Many Tom, banks, many hotels. There used to be a newspaper and a billboard company. There's a couple radios. There's three radio stations, I think. Um, um, oh, there's lots of restaurants. There's a food co-op. Yeah, we understand. Um, there are businesses. You gotta, you go. What's your point? Well, take that money and use it as seed and organize within eight blocks. It's walking distance. You don't need to drive a car. No waste of gas. No spenders for money for gas. Okay, thanks. thanks. Uh, uh, the city of La Crosse is getting $23 million. The county is getting about $23 million as well. Uh, we don't have to use that money all on businesses. I, I guess he's just kind of, what are we going to use the money for? And that's what this discussion is about. That's what the county board meeting was about yesterday. They broke that up into five different categories. I don't have those categories in front of me at the t- in fr- at this very moment. But uh, one was childcare. One was uh, infrastructure. 
I'm trying to think, of, oh, here's the top story. <laughs> no, that's Brad's story. Well, here, Brad got it. Brad's got it at the end here. Uh, sustainability, affordable housing, and improving childcare and promoting local tourism. So those were a couple of the categories that the county board voted on last night to spend the $23 million in federal relief coming from the federal government to the La Crosse County, not the city of La Crosse. The city of La Crosse, a whole different, uh, a whole different, what is it, ball of worms, wax of ball of wax, ball of wax, worms, I don't know. Can of worms or a ball of wax, which is it? I feel like you're, if you're opening a can of worms, that's not good. No, that's true. <laughs> Unless you're fishing. <laughs> can of worms. Why would you put it? be like a a, a a styrofoam bowl of worms? That's usually what you get when you buy worms at the the bait shop. This is revealing our lack of knowledge of common sayings. <laughs> that that is different. <laughs> cliches, right? I'm not cliches. a big I'm not a big cliche guy. I like to mix them up. I just mix up the cliches. Um, all right, so let's see here. Bob's calling in. Bob, go. Uh, here we go. Bob, go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, hi guys. Hi. Yeah, I thought for sure you guys would be talking about all the chaos going on in Afghanistan today, caused by our our very, very, very incompetent president. Which one? It's time, it's time for him to resign or be impeached and thrown out of office. You're Joe Biden, of course. Okay. Why? What? What? For what reason? For a lot of reasons. Okay. You got you got like one. Yeah, he left eighty five billion dollars of our military equipment in, in Afghanistan, and now the Taliban have it. Uh, number two, they don't have a clue to what, he doesn't have a clue to what he's doing. Did you, I watched his press conference today. The guy, the guy is suffering from dementia. He's got to go. He's got to go. He's screwing up our country so bad. So, and you guys won't even talk about it because you're Democrats. That's why. Bye. Okay. I mean, it was on the list, the Afghanistan situation when it comes to uh, about 22,000 Afghan refugees possibly coming to Fort McCoy. I don't think all 22,000 there. I think it's going to be dispersed among three forts. Would you call them forts? Military bases, but Fort McCoy is one of those. Um, Yeah, we always just want to point fingers. Afghanistan, who's to blame? Well, the guy that got the... If we're, we're for 20 years, we've been in Afghanistan. That was the problem. And then we come out of Afghanistan. Now that's the problem. Uh, which which president do you want to blame the most? If you got you have like you can you can point your finger at one of them. You can point your finger at Biden or you can get one of those foam fingers, Trigoski, and you can point which fo- who, which president's going to get the big foam finger. It's your fault. Is it Reagan? Is it Bush? Is it? Biden? Is it Obama? Is it Trump? Is there another Bush in there? Or is it just one Bush? Rick, this is the problem with hot takes about a 20-year war. Because when you have a 20-year conflict, there is never going to be a simple explanation for why things turned out the way they did. You can point to things that happened during George W. Bush's presidency and the Obama presidency and the Trump presidency and the Biden presidency as contributing to where we got today. But that's, the, I mean, the nature of American politics is that give me the hot take that blames one party and shows that my party is awesome. But that runs into the reality of an enormously complicated 20-year military conflict. So I don't know who is to blame. There's probably dozens and dozens in, of people in both parties who are to blame. 
And that's just what you got to cope with when you have an extended conflict in a really difficult part of the world. I mean, only one of these presidents decided to pull the, well, I don't know if I want to use that cliche, pull the trigger, but only one of these presidents decided, hey, all right, we're going to get out. I mean, and we didn't do it on, at least we didn't do it on September 11th. I mean, let's let's negotiate with the Taliban on the uh, the on September 11th. Like we didn't do that. So. There's no good way to end a conflict like this. I think what people are getting caught up in is the imagery of war. And that's understandable, right? Because images of war have a major impact on us. They have a major emotional resonance with us. What we see on social media, the images, the horrible images at the Kabul airport and the people desperately trying to get on planes, those images really matter to people and they have an effect on people. And I think that those images are really shaping the reactions to this withdrawal from Afghanistan. But these images, as horrible as they are, don't summarize and don't capture 20 years of conflict. The whole situation is so complicated. And my plea to people, and this is usually my plea to people, is that complicated things don't have simple explanations. So why did things go bad in Afghanistan? There's not a simple explanation for that. There just isn't. All right, we got a uh, caller coming in. Caller, who's this? Hey, this is Chris. How are you? Chris, good. Go ahead. You're on with Chagoski. Good. Excellent. Thank you. I would agree with his statement that Afghanistan, it has been a 20-year conflict. It is extremely complicated in, in many facets. I think, I think the one complaint that people on one side of the, of the spectrum are pointing at is how they left. I mean, the one thing that the United States has is a wonderful military force. I mean, everybody's volunteer. They're amazing people with what they do. And they're the power. They're the, they're the presence. And I think having them gone prior to our, the population that was there for the United States representing us, I think that's the big complaint. It's not that they pulled out because it needed to be done and it should have been done a long time ago. It's the order of which it was pulled out, I think, is the biggest complaint. I think it was backwards. I think that's a completely fair point because it copes with the complexity of the situation, right? We can't boil 20 years of conflict down to one person, one person's at fault, one party's at fault, this person got it wrong, and so everything went bad. You know, we're, We need to avoid simple explanations like that, but... It is fair to focus on what was under control, what was under the control of the Biden administration. And as long as we focus on what Joe Biden did and what was under his control, then those criticisms are entirely fair. They are. But in the 20-year conflict, how much responsibility Joe Biden has for everything that happened is something that I'm not totally sure about. But he was a senator, oh, so <laughs> yeah. Thanks for but, but I, I think that's an entirely involved, fair call. But it, you know, the Senate did take us to war. It was, it was after nine eleven and and the presence in the Middle East altogether. And uh, yeah, it's just what happened. Sure, I mean, you, your your power leaves last. I, in my opinion, your power leaves last. Not not the population, the military. They leave last. You keep all bases. You keep everything under control. Everybody's gone, and then you disappear in the night. 
Yeah, right. and that's an entirely fair critique of Biden, and people can agree or disagree with that, but it's a well-stated critique. All right, thanks for the call, Chris. Uh, we'll go back to the phones. Caller, who's this? Uh, yes, I was calling about uh, what happened with Afghanistan. Yeah, go ahead. You're on the air. Um, I'm a little disappointed that you guys are giving just kid gloves to Joe Biden, uh, almost justifying how poorly of a job that he did. It really speaks volumes. Because if this were to have been happened to under Trump, you'd have been all over him like white on rice. He abandoned his own people back there, left everything behind, was not prepared, and totally inept in what he's done. We're the laughing stock, and it's just sickening that this has happened and how it's getting swept under the rug and how he's been hiding in Delaware. It's disgusting. That's all I have to say. All right. I feel like he had a press conference. To, didn't Bob just say he listened to Biden during a press conference today? Uh, he gave a press conference at the White House today. And, and I guess what we're saying is that if you want to criticize Joe Biden, focus on what Joe Biden had control over. Don't focus on things that happened pre-Joe Biden. When you have four presidents who have been in office during this conflict, it is going to be difficult to sort out who did what, who's responsible for what, and all of that stuff. All right, I got to take one more quick break. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. We, uh, we're running out of time. We're running out of time. Of course, we, we, uh, got to, we talk about Afghanistan. Everybody needs to weigh in because in 20 years, nobody cared. Maybe, maybe cared a little bit right away. And then 19 years, we didn't care. And then in one week, we've all, we've A, cared more about this than anything in the history of the world, and B, also are the experts on Afghanistan. Everyone's become <laughs> an expert, including yourself, right? Like you, you probably don't pretend to, to, to try to understand all of Af- I don't know if, I don't know how many people in the, in the country do understand all of Afghanistan. Northside Kent, the mayor of the north side of La Crosse, the unofficial mayor. Uh, Kent, what you got? Rick, I am the official mayor. I self-identify as the official mayor. That's why I'm the mayor of Northside. But anyway, if I was president of the Northside and I was going to pull the troops out of Afghanistan, I know you guys are getting sick of hearing about it, but I would probably the first thing I would have done was probably made sure that most of our deadly weapons were hauled out of there. Number two, I would have made sure all the Americans were out of there. Number three, I would have took care of our translators, made sure they were out of there. And then fourth, I would have pulled the troops out. Joe kind of did it as as backwards. So he needs to quit listening to these people in Washington. Just do what he's supposed to do. He's the president, you know. But anyway, I'll let you guys finish that off the air. Love you guys. Bye. All right. Thanks, Kent. He's the official unofficial mayor of the North Side. Officially. And I think he I think he works out of that. Uh, well, and that's not in the North Side. Is there a defunct Burger King up there? I think he that's where he holds his office. Oh. Or is the Burger King still going? I don't know if that Burger King. I think that's where Kent's office is in that Burger King on the North Side. Triple Tom's calling in. Tom, go ahead. Okay, a couple things. <clears throat> First thing I'll tell you is that uh, you pretty much said that there's no simple explanation, and there is none. But the most simple explanation for the problems we had there is the mentality of the people, the family, the tradition, the religion. Uh, 
we cannot go into that part of the world and change anything. We could have been there for 500 years. We wouldn't have changed anything. The Soviets got in there, and they thought they were going to change, and they didn't. So we weren't going to solve that, and that's the simple explanation, in my opinion. Um, The other thing is uh, Biden did many things where he simply, he shut down the pipeline, he opened the border, he ended the war. All these things he didn't realize, the, the seriousness and the, what was going to happen. So uh, Biden is clearly flawed. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Tom. Um, he opened the border, which, the, the, I mean, the Canadian border, I think we just were started to, to go. I don't even know if we can go over there yet. Of COVID. I guess what I like about Trempolo Tom's comment is that there are real big picture issues at play in terms of the characteristics of the region, in terms of the overall approach, the long-term approach that the U.S. has taken towards this conflict. There are big picture things going on here that go well beyond any one president. But you can also focus on the actions of particular presidents. I guess what I'm advocating for is a big picture view of the inevitable challenges that the U.S. was going to face. And also we can look at the specific actions of presidents as well. I liked Tom, I, what I liked about Tom's comedy. He says you can't sum that there's nothing simplistic about this. There's no way in there's no way, shape, or form you could summarize what's happened in Afghanistan over the last 20 years. But here's the simple view of what's happened. <laughs> so just, and, but he, he kind of, I mean, to, to his point a little bit is like, hey, we're going to go over to Afghanistan 20 years ago. What we were we going to go over there to find Bin Laden, or were we going to go over there to impose our 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 way of life on people that have their own way of life. Rick, this totally occurred to me today. I was thinking about the war in Afghanistan and was thinking about how, like, does the American public at this point have a sense of what the strategic object- objectives were in Afghanistan, how we were going to try to achieve those, and how we would determine if we were successful? I don't think the American public had really much of an idea about any of those things the american public doesn't even know where (laughs) afghanistan is on the map here's the map where's afghanistan i mean this conflict in afghanistan completely fell off the public's radar and that is a part of the story here also also off the public public's radar is in the wisconsin dells they're trying to build a rotating water slide so you get into this water slide and it starts spinning on you and you don't know which way you're going. I it's it seems crazy to me. Also, I think it's going to be overhyped and overrated. It looked okay from the video that we watched, but I think it's more of a novelty than like the next awesome water slide in the what Dells. What would you what would you say it looks like? A piece of DNA? Like it almost yeah. like you get in. It's a bunch of tubes. You get in, and, it, and, and as it rotates, you go down certain ways on the tube. I think there's only one way to go, but it rotates in a way that slowly takes you through this maze, this DNA. Like it almost looks like a COVID, uh, maybe a piece of COVID. You're sort uh, of like rotating around, Rick. Like you said, going through this maze. I mean, heck, I'll ride it, but. It's like $20 million, I heard, too. Oh, my so, God. Is yeah. it $20 million? <laughs> It's like crazy. Do you think yeah. they're using, do you think the Wisconsin Dells, wherever, where, whatever county or city or municipal, do you think they're using federal? Are they uh, using Biden bucks on this? They're Biden bucks. <laughs> American, what is it? American Rescue Plan yeah. Act. American yeah. Rescue Plan Act. Can we just take the plan out of that? The, the, what were they thinking? American Rescue Plan, period. <laughs> or American Rescue Act. 
Like you, you put plan and act in there. It just seems a little silly. Um, all right. I think that's. Did we cover everything? We 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 covered Jeopardy. We covered uh, the the Wisconsin DNR thing. Oh, we didn't cover the Evers ad thing. There, there's. Uh, we've got like uh, 20 seconds to do that. Can we cover the Evers ad thing in 20 seconds? Yeah, Tony Evers' campaign doesn't like an ad that was run against him. He complains about it, but ultimately that is going to bring more attention to the ad. The lesson: don't call more attention to the attacks against you when you're running a campaign. There's a. There's a. There's probably a better conversation to be had about uh, uh, ads. Ads, uh, just we, we don't care about ads. Like, we'll see an ad and be like, oh, good, campaign ads. I can't wait. Yep. All right, that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening.